consent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to, to Radical. Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents, boys and girls. I am your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for being with me. Um, today, I have, I think, a an episode that has been kind of clawing at me from the inside in a way I didn't want it to. Um, there's there's a lot of consternation, I think, that has built up in, in me uh, over, over a number of years. And I kind of want to share it with you guys because I think uh, this this turning point that we're in right now uh, deserves one of those types of looks. There, there are shows that I just don't ever want to do. And sometimes they end up being my best shows because there's a lot of passion. Uh, there's some anger. There's some uh, identification of root issues. And then there's a solution to a lot of these things. And if you can kind of do a, you know, a, a storytelling of that sort, that's what engages audiences. So, uh, I've probably put this kind of stuff off for, for way too long. And I guess now is the time, uh, to get it out with. And boy, I mean, if today hasn't been just that present that, that pushes it out, uh, today, I think we've seen a lot of what's coming out, which we, we, we've seen that is coming out, uh, about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the whole Biden crime syndicate, uh, we've known since 2019, 2020, probably if we were being honest with ourselves. I mean, if you look back at Joe Biden, that guy's been in office forever. I mean, literally forever, uh, my my entire life, and then some. So to to think that that guy, as a senator, uh, as as a vice president, now as a president, hasn't been, you know, compromised and grifting and using that the fact that he was compromised to inflate his own you know purse like i think it's a silly idea that something like that wasn't happened um we're going to start out today with a, a video um this is from uh rep nancy mace uh she is accusing the president of the united states um of what they think they know um what, or what she says they know chinese communist party money flowed into the biden family bank accounts and they got access they couldn't otherwise get. The DOJ needs to get off its ass and investigate. Um, we'll go ahead and take a look at this video. I think it's it's interesting to say the least. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Next one, Ms. Mace. <clears throat> Thank you, uh, Chairman Comer, for your leadership. In less than 100 days of subpoena power, this has been one of the most in-depth in in investigations the House Oversight Committee has ever had in recent history. And I would hope that the media here today would put as much attention and interest and focus on this as they have a former president. For All right. First and foremost, um, that's just happy wishing. The, the, the media is bought and paid for. We know it is. Uh, Fox News is going down now that they don't have uh, Tucker around anymore. And I think we are seeing uh, the, the mass media layoffs. I mean, they are firing tons and tons and tons of people because there's – there's no draw to mass media anymore. Thank God. Like it's, it's finally, it's going down. Years, the left has said, no one is above the law. Well, put your money where your mouth is and prove that because the American people do not trust the federal government. They don't trust Congress. They don't even trust current presidents because of the kind of possible and alleged corruption that we see at every level of government. And no one is ever held to account. All right. Now, right here, I think she's I think she's spot on. Nobody is ever held to account. You in, in my lifetime. And I remember starting to see this as a child, um, you know, when when I started seeing the news and recognizing, I guess, kind of what it was, Oliver North was sitting in front of Congress. And I think it was the Iran-Contra uh, scandal. I don't know that anybody ever did any time for Iran Contra? Um, it was one of those things where, if you really understand, you know what was going on back then. I mean, some absolutely major crimes were going on. Since then, I mean, 
if you look at a, a broader scope of the Fast and Furious, Eric Holder uh, in, in front of Congress uh, lied to Congress under oath. Uh, nothing happened. John Costigan, Lois Lerner from the IRS when that scandal was going down under Barack Obama. Um, then you had, I guess, the, the next round was the, uh, the the whole Russiagate with Trump. And people sat there and lied. Strzok lied. Page lied. You had the entire you know heads of the intelligence apparatus all up there lying. Nobody Nobody paid. It doesn't matter if it was a Republican. It doesn't matter if it was Democrats. Like nobody ever, ever, ever pays in D.C. Nobody. The only person that I ever remember going to prison that was extremely high level was uh, Bernie Madoff. And do you know why Bernie Madoff went to prison? Bernie Madoff went to prison because he messed with their money. The, the people that mess with their money are the people that go to prison. So when, you know, when we're looking at this and, and people get into me all the time, like, why don't you talk about politics more, uh, Shane? Like you used to talk about politics all the time. It's because it's not the root cause, first and foremost, and because it doesn't do shit. And, and, and this is something may, maybe I'll hit on it here in a minute because I, I don't want to take away from what this is first, but I, I will get back to that. More, more from this verse. I try to call the balls and strikes regardless of whether or not you have an R or a D by your name. I've been accused, all of us have been, over this particular issue that we're conspiracy theorists, we're not. What we're proving to you today is showing you actual bank records, actual evidence of shell companies and businesses or more businesses and more Bidens involved that we knew of. You have to issue more subpoenas because every time we turn over a rock, there's more information. There's more possible corruption. There's more possible allegations that need to be investigated. This is what we know today. Money flowed from the Chinese Communist Party aligned with uh, with individuals into American shell companies. And then that money was wired and transferred to Biden family members. This could be the most corrupt scheme in American politics where a sitting vice president, where we saw members of his family, nine members so far, there may be more, that were enriched from countries all over the world. And we're providing more information about Romania today. We know about China. We know that the president denied this during an election in 2020, continues to deny it to this day. And we want uh, everyone held accountable if they have they have violated their oath of office. Um, we shouldn't have folks that are in office that are betraying their oath of office. We shouldn't have people in office that are betraying their country. If they're paying loads of cash to their family members from adversaries of ours around the world, it's wrong, whether you have a, a Republican or a Democrat by your name. And uh, we saw evidence of intentionally taking steps to hide the sources of money coming directly from China through a series of financial gymnastics. Joe Biden's political career uh, was winding down at the time, and this was one of the Biden family's last chances to cash in on the name. We have evidence of Chairman Yi Jingming, who is believed to be affiliated with Chinese Communist Party intelligence organizations and has even been accused of gathering intel for communist China. Yi started CEFC in China. His agent in America, Gong Wendong, which, uh, which uh, Andy Biggs mentioned earlier, formed CEFC Infrastructure Investment US on May 11th, 2017. On uh, May 18th of 2017, Dong used one of his Chinese companies, Shang Huaxin, to fund CEFC infrastructure in an attempt to hide the source of the money. And you see this pattern repeated over and over and over again. On June 30th, 2017, Shanghai Huaxin sent 10 million from China to CEFC infrastructure. Then on August 4th, 2017, CEFC infrastructure wired 100,000 directly to Hunter Biden's own corporation, Owasco PC. Hunter's Owasco also received a half a million from another entity affiliated with Yi State Energy HK Limited. State Energy HK appears to be part of Yi's personal slush fund that potentially commit bribery and launder money. The Chinese Communist Party affiliated entities may have bought influence with the Bidens that they couldn't get otherwise, and obviously for good reason. These alleged layering schemes are repetitive. They knew what they were doing. They knew how to do it, and they did it multiple times all over the world. If it looks complicated and sounds complicated, it was intentionally made to be complicated so you could not 
follow the money. What we're trying to do today is show you how to follow the money. <coughs> the Committee of Oversight, we need to pursue the Chinese relationship with the Serbian politician Vuk Jaramik, who first attempted to introduce Yi to the Bidens in 2015. From August 2015 to June of 2016, State Energy HK paid Jaramik's company $3 million. When Jeremick ran for U.N. Security General, who did he turn to? It appears he turned to Hunter Biden. On June 16, 2016, Jeremick wrote to Hunter asking if he could meet with the vice president's national security advisor, Colin Call, related to the elections for U.N. Security General. The meeting appears to have happened because on July 2, 2016, Jeremick informed Hunter that my meeting, quote, with Colin did not last very long, but it, it didn't go too bad, I think. What is suboptimal is that the office of the vice president seems to be outside the decision-making loop on the U.N. Security General elections issue. These people didn't come to Hunter Biden because he understood world politics or that he was experienced in it or that he understood Chinese businesses. They wanted him for the access his last name gave them. All right. I'm going to pause it just right here. Yeah, obviously, I don't. Do you learn some things growing up as Hunter Biden? about what's going on in the world. Yes, you do. You have a probably a, a front row ticket to one of the most corrupt senators of all time uh, and is brought into some things as he ages. And, and God knows how it went. But I mean, he, there's, there's no doubt about it that Hunter was a crackhead that was running around with young girls all over the world that had access to his father. Like we, we've seen this, we've seen this over and over and over again. They couldn't do anything with Burisma. They, they, we launched a, a coup d'etat in 2014 in Ukraine. Uh, the, the inner workings of which Hunter and the, the family and, and, and Joe uh, have have put together to where they enrich themselves from creating conflict between what once uh, once upon a time was Russia was balkanized obviously after um, you know the the USSR devolved and then you had this this devising of you know a a, a coup in 2014 by our State Department probably by our CIA that then helped stand up certain uh, political figures in the region and in the country. And then those guys hopped in there and took advantage of it um, through energy companies. It sounds exactly like what they're doing with the, the Chinese. I don't have any doubt in my mind that there are a lot of Ill illegal things going on, whether it's Hunter, whether it's Biden, you know, President Biden, I don't, I don't, all of them, the, the whole family, the administration, the CIA, the state, all of them. But the thing is, this is all still going on very much for a lot of the Republicans too. And th this is why I don't get into this kind of shit because the DOJ, who she's going to say here in a minute, uh, she's going to call them the DOG she's going to tell them to get off their ass and start prosecuting people. What's it going to do at, at the end of the fucking day? Nothing is going to happen. There is like, th this is not how politics works in America. We are absolutely one of the most, you know, dr draconian type of societies now on the planet. Like justice, justice left a long time ago, a, a long time ago, probably before I was born. What we have left is this cancerous tumor that just leeches off of the American people. It, people in power take advantage of the power. They take advantage of being close to the money printer and then probably have, you know, what are our secrets about them somehow? Like if you look at, you know, this Jeffrey Epstein, you know, ring that we as Americans were forced and coerced into funding a pedo, a billionaire pedo ring. We still don't know shit about the main guy is is not around anymore, whether he is dead or been disappeared or othered or whatever. And that all happened under Trump's watch. All of it. And, and like you will have Trumpers, you know, try to distance themselves. You will have Democrats try to distance themselves like it, this. Your team 
I don't care if you're Biden. I don't care if you're Trump. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're Democrat. The Republicans and Democrats who are in power don't give a flying fuck about you. They don't give a flying fuck about the economy. They don't give a flying fuck about justice. None of this kind of stuff. This is why I don't like this is why I don't fucking cover politics and politicians, because I think they're I think that it is a lost cause. 100 percent a lost cause. They're retarded. They are fucking retarded. And, you know, they talked about the politicians and Nero fiddling as Rome burned. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the American empire is the Hindenburg and it is is, is about to make impact this summer. One way or another, it is going to make impact this summer. This kind of shit, he, they're guilty. They're guilty. They're, yes, you're all, you're, they're all guilty. Wasting your breath and energy and hopes and desires that you will ever see justice for the American people, for yourself, is, is absolutely delusional at this point. Delusional. If you think that we are going to war against these kind of people and there will be justice during war, you're completely and utterly wrong. Understand what war is. Like War is just attrition. We don't win by going to war. We don't win by seeking justice within their systems. We don't. These people are fucking retarded. And I, I d- d- oh, God. Let me demonstrate just how retarded these people are. Please watch. I mean, please watch this. This I, I won't make you watch the whole thing, but let, let's do this. From the beginning, from the top, this is a tweet from the Biden administration. It's ridiculous. I'm on team Biden-Harris. I'm on team Biden-Harris. I'm Governor J.B. Pritzker, and I'm on team Biden-Harris. Joe Biden rocks. Joe Biden has been a steady hand. Joe Biden delivers. I'm Chris Murphy, and I'm on Team Biden-Harris. I'm on Team Biden-Harris. Joe Biden is driven. Joe Biden is transformational. Re-electing President Biden is a BFD. I'm Gavin Newsom. I'm proudly on Team Biden-Harris. God, they are so off. This is fucking, this is cringe. And I, I... This is why I swear and I can't stand this kind of stuff. I'm not going to do the whole thing. You've got Democrat after Democrat after Democrat coming out in support of Joe Biden and Kamala and her in their in their rerun. Two of the most inept people on Earth are re are going to try to run again. And all of these people are behind them. Yes, they're compromised. We know they're compromised. Are they crooked? Yes. Are they liars and cheaters and, and murderers and thieves? and every- Yes. Mass murdering psychopaths. Oh, we're on Team Biden. You're not going to ever get anything that resembles the American idea that you were propagated with as a child. You're, and, and you're never going to get that out of these people, ever. Joe, retarded. Let, 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 listen to Joe. We literally cut the federal debt in half by $1.4 trillion. Wait, the, the federal debt. The federal debt is $31 trillion. $31 trillion. That's just, just, just the debt. It's not unfunded liabilities. That's none of the other stuff. That's retarded. 31 trillion cut it in half by one point whatever trillion he said and now he's going to go off and make all these other gaffes in my first two years i reduced the debt by 1.7 trillion dollars we cut he 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 now he's saying he reduced the debt by 1.7 trillion not cut it in half but reduced it the debt by 1.7 billion in the last two years 1.7 billion now let me say that again $1.7 $1.7 trillion we've lowered the federal debt. We cut the federal debt in half. Fact. In two years. <laughs> it's a fact. We're, we're down from $31 trillion down to $15 trillion now. Oh, my God. Can you even imagine? Years. I reduced the debt 
$1.7 billion. In the first two years of my administration, I cut the debt by $1.7 trillion. No one's ever reduced the debt that much. We cut the federal debt in half. <laughs> Including you, Joe. See, he's a fucking Muppet. He's just going to continue to do everything that he's always done. Get up there, hand up his ass, take the talking points, read that, whatever his earpiece says, his little card in front of him. This is this is DC. And the thing is, is it's he's a symptom. He is not the he's not the root cause. I can't stand man. Maybe this pissed some of you guys off. I don't care. I, I just don't give a flying shit anymore. The people like Dan Bongino, who sits there and hyperbolically throws out it, it, every day this, this tired trope that Joe Biden is the worst president in history today is whatever, whatever. Yeah, we, we, we know, like, we know whoever's president today is the worst president in history every time. Those guys aren't in it to talk about solutions. They're in it to sit there and continue to divide people to talk about this kind of bullshit. I'm yes, maybe I needed to do this show. And and, and my apologies if if I've sworn enough to run <laughs> I've probably sworn enough to run anybody else off. But this is what it does to me. I don't have the time to do things like this. I don't have the time to sit here and talk about the the puppets when really we should be talking about the goddamn puppet masters, the fucking banks. These people will just do whatever they tell them to do. They're closest to the money printer. They're going to get their money. They're going to be rich. They're going to be corrupt. They are going to be compromised and all of those things working together are going to give you people like Joe Biden. It doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden. It doesn't matter if it's Trump. It doesn't matter who it is down the line. If they're coming up in the system, they are, they are in a fiat dollar system. And this summer, I, I'm pretty sure you've got a choice. Like right now, Joe Biden is, ex, is ex, quote unquote, exploring the idea of a, of the 14th amendment, basically minting a trillion dollar coin and at the treasury and then marching it over to, to the fed. It's, it's over. If he does that, it, I like, I kind of want to see it for the entertainment value, but it's over. It's and the thing is it's over anyway. And what's going to happen is I think they're going to default. I, I have to believe we are going to default one way or another to make the Republicans in Congress the bad guys and to make these guys look like the good guys. Like, we're going to go to these extraordinary measures to, to help bail out the entire country to keep this thing going just a little bit longer. So if that's the key, then they'll default. And what will happen is it'll happen like 1971. In 1971, Brenton Woods too, the United States left the gold standard. And when we left the gold standard, we went to the fiat standard, the petrol back dollar made out of nothing, nothing at all to my, to my point. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Um, no, not her, not them. Two seconds. I'm going to pull this up and we're going to go and you're going to see what. Yes. Right here. This, this ass hat. Um, this is a senator, and I cannot remember uh, exactly what his name is. And I really don't care. Oh, it's uh, it's it's Senator Sherman. So from from the top, listen to what this guy says. Crypto bros make money literally by making money, and they've made over a trillion dollars out of thin air. Um, they'll accuse the U.S. government of making money out of thin air. Maybe we do, but we're the U.S. government. Crypto bros make. One more time for the kids in the back. Senator Sherman sitting there talking about crypto bros. Now, okay, like crypto is not Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not crypto. They are not synonymous. They don't, they don't even, they don't work the same way. Most of the crypto is a security. Bitcoin is a commodity, right? Just like gold, only better. Listen to what he ends up saying at the end. Crypto bros have made 
trillions. Money literally by making money, and they've made over a trillion dollars out of thin air. Um, they'll accuse the U.S. government of making money out of thin air. Maybe we do, but we're the U.S. government. What a, oh, what a piece of shit. You sit there and say, you can't counterfeit money. That's our fucking job. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, look at the guy's, oh, drunk on power. To be able to be, I don't know, this, this fucking out of touch with what's going on today in America, DC. This is this is systemic and it is the problem. Guys like this believe that they have the power to counterfeit money and make money out of thin air off of you. Because that money, yeah, that's not it's not even our money anymore. That's that's probably your great great grandkids' money, right? Because they've borrowed. And they've borrowed and they've borrowed to the point of where we're at today. And you get, you know, like we've already, you get Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury, says raising the debt ceiling would be the way to show other nations we are not a deadbeat country. Watch. I mean, this, this is where we get to the, the real root of what's going on here. And just to game that out further, so where do bondholders fit in in terms of the prioritization of who gets paid in a technical default? Do they get prioritized or is it just about paying the bills as soon as the money comes in? Well, you know, I, I would say that if Congress doesn't raise the, the debt ceiling, the president will have to make some decisions about um, what to do with the resources that we do have. And there are a variety of different options, but there are no good options. Every option is a bad option. All right. Every option is a bad option, which means this whole flaming pile of shit has been been so not only mismanaged, but doomed from the very beginning. The guys that were talking about this, like Ron Paul and all the Austrians that, that came about, the, the entire libertari- libertarian mo- movement sprung up because of Brenton Woods too, because we got rid of, we, we, we defaulted on the gold standard and we went to a completely paper-backed economy. Paper, just absolute counterfeit. And they're going to have to determine like what, what resources they have back and how to use it. I mean, okay. So the treasury has the ability to mint that coin, walk over to the Fed and be like, hey, man, here's a trillion dollar coin. <laughs> oh, man, you want to you want to bet on who goes to war at that point? I I got an idea. But she she keeps going with fallacy after fallacy after fallacy. And these people, I got to tell you, you know, I, I don't think that there is an age limit to being sharp and being uh understanding and, and and really having wit but there obviously is the case for elderly people like this being in power that are not let's i mean let's face it at some point like the mind of some people degrades and you don't get to just roll into that grave with the head that brain working just as swimmingly and hummingly as you did when you were like 30 doesn't work like that. Yellen is a great case. They think you're stupid. Listen to her. And um, I really don't want to get into discussing them and ranking them because um, as every Treasury Secretary has known, the only option that really leaves our economy in good shape is, and our financial system, is raising the debt ceiling and making clear that Congress stands behind the basic principle that America pays its bills. We're not a deadbeat country. Yeah. All right. I I have to really like Jesus Christ. You're going to sit there and say Congress, the American people, the or America pays its bills. It's not a de- this. It's not a deadbeat country. This is lunacy. 100 percent lunacy. If you and your family 
get to a point on your credit cards that you haven't paid the outstanding balance and that balance reaches the max credit of that credit card, the debt ceiling of your credit card, they don't give you more credit. They don't. They cut you off. You have to live within your means and your credit score eventually tanks. That is exactly what should happen. You can't, you can't, you don't get to sit there and say, we're not a deadbeat. Uh, we're not a deadbeat country. We're, we're not a deadbeat treasury. We're not a deadbeat Congress. We pay our bills and then say, hey, can you give us some more fucking credit? God damn. I mean, at what point? At what, I mean, this, the, the trust has got to be almost completely evaporated. Anybody that knows money, I guarantee you, the people that really, really understand money are moving their money into harder assets. This is why I talk about Bitcoin all the time, which shows you absolutely how much the people who have invested, and I'm not going to say they're stupid people, the people that know the Dow, that know the S&P, that know financial uh, you know, trading rails, that understand remittances, that understand foreign exchanges, all of these things. They're not stupid people. They are studied in a fallacy. They are studied in fiat. And those people man they're not doing this they they're not moving into the hardest assets they can get there are some that will move into gold there are some that will move into silver and other commodities but for bitcoin to be just sitting there on the sidelines right now waiting inviting them to uh separate themselves from this madness as it tanks over and over and over again oh man this is going to be epic epic all right she goes on and if that's compromised um even in the run-up to it if it looks like we're going to go up against the ceiling and may not get it done that will have tremendously adverse effects on financial markets in the economy so there just is no good option so even as we get close, what has she said? Like the beginning of June, guys, is what she started talking about this back, I think, in January, February. And I I was talking about it then. You know, the, the entire system imploding in June is a real possibility. Very, very real possibility. I hope you... I hope you're starting to to understand this. I mean, I, I really do. Um, I've got a read for you guys today, and um, it comes from uh, Bitcoin Magazine. It is it's a, it's a it's a pretty good read. There are some things that I will comment on afterwards, but it's a it's a pretty good read. And I think one of the biggest things that you know is is the problem uh, is the fact that the entire uh the entire system has lost trust um and that's what money is if you don't understand like money once upon a time is trust you can trust that you know gold is 99.9% gold right if it's if it's labeled goes through these people like i mean unless you're going to melt it down and smelt it yourself but that's how gold worked it's how silver worked it's how you know when people were trading bullets or rounds that's how that currency worked because they knew hey look man if i throw this thing in it's it's going to work if i want to trade this over here that's going to work somebody's going to barter for this piece whatever it is money is trust money is a communications protocol and when the trust erodes to the point that it has eroded and to the point where it is going to erode even further, not only in the money, but the people who have their hands on the levers of the money, which has got to be, I think, the most blindingly obvious problem that we are facing is that there are hands of human beings on your money. When all this trust goes out the window, when the trust is gone from 
every institution, when the trust is gone between countries, when the trust is gone between neighbors, this is when we are at our weakest. The money that has its hands on it over and over and over again through manipulation, that's, that's our biggest problem. It is the problem that Bitcoin set out to fix because Bitcoin is literally like a bank in cyberspace with no people, just code. You can't cheat it. You can't be manipulated. There are no hands on your money. There's nobody to devalue it. There's nobody to run up trillions and trillions and trillions of whatever denomination it is. There are the, the, the incredible Ponzi schemes and games and, and, and casinos that they came up with. Those don't exist in Bitcoin. It's just stacks at in a, in a currency that is deflationary and, and sit back and watch your time and energy not only be stored perfectly, but add to your wealth over time. Cue this guy up here for you guys, and then we will hit it here. Um, this is a fairly quick read. It's about 15, 20, or 15 to 16 minutes. And um, you guys, I hope you enjoy. Uh, it is is going to hit some points that, like I said, I agree with, and it's going to hit some points that I disagree with. We'll talk about those a little bit afterwards. But if there's ever a time that we need to start understanding better money, it's right now. The death of trust. As institutions erode, Bitcoin is our only hope. Public trust in authorities is failing and doomsayers are gaining attention, underscoring the need for Bitcoin to replace subjective truth. Dan Weintraub, May 10th, 2023. This is an opinion editorial by Dan Weintraub, an author and high school teacher who first became interested in Bitcoin while teaching economics. Recently, I've been thinking a good deal about Balaji Sarenvasan's $1 million bet that Bitcoin would reach $1 million in June, which he recently conceded. His apparent hyperbole with regard to imminent U.S. dollar hyperinflation and his musings about digital lockdowns, it all sounds a bit far-fetched to me. On this score... He reminds me of Peter Schiff, a man who for decades has told us the sky is falling and the world will end as fiat currencies all collapse, a man who claims intellectual superiority over the fools at the Federal Reserve. Meanwhile, generally speaking, the global economy hums along and collapse appears, at least for the time being, to be the stuff of dystopian clickbait on YouTube. I, for one, try to eschew conspiracy thinking because it feels neurologically indulgent to me. In simpler words, those who peddle in conspiracy theories do so because it gets them and their followers off. Meltdown masturbation, if you will. By the way of example, the wild-eyed belief that the U.S. government used COVID-19 lockdowns as a trial run for further repression reeks of paranoia and a desperate quest for making some kind of dopamine-producing meaning out of the rather bleak moment in time. Crazy town, really. But good fodder for the production of adrenaline-inducing catastrophe porn. Yes, I am skeptical of prognostications of impending doom. But that said, there is an underbelly of such thinking that reveals a far more troubling dynamic. A dynamic that, driven by exponential age in which it exists, is fast on the rise. And this dynamic will be far more destructive, far more catastrophic, than the supposed collapse of fiat or the coming of a global banking crisis could ever be. We are entering the age in which all trust is dying, and with the end of trust comes the end of everything. Sure, I may think that Siren Vassen and all the other gloom and doom the high-end nymph purveyors have in some manner and to some degree lost their grips, but there is something quite revealing not simply in the power of their musings, but in in the reality that it reveals, in the attention and excitement it attracts. You see, no one trusts anything or anyone anymore, and that utterly terrifies me. The death of trust. 
the list of institutions that we increasingly mistrust is, well, endless, and the depth and breadth of such distrust grows daily. I'm not so sure that I need to provide the reader with an in-depth analysis of our collective loss of trust in everything, and so, in the interest of brevity, here is the abridged version. Track the numbers and you will see that trust in government is at all-time lows and continues to crash, whether it's because our leaders are actually dishonest, self-serving, greedy, power-hungry, incipient lobbyist ghouls, or whether it's because that that's how they are portrayed in the media, government officials and institutions are roundly and profoundly distrusted. An ever-diminishing minority trusts law enforcement, perhaps because such minorities either have relatives who serve on the police force or because their own power is buoyed by the machinations of the policing and legal system. For the most part, Americans seem to view police officers as former high school misfits who magically discovered expressions of sweet revenge and being able to bully the rest of us. Add to this widespread corruption that permeates every nook and cranny of law enforcement and of our justice system, cough, the Supreme Court, <coughs> cough, and it's no wonder that fuck the police is a popular cultural refrain. Interestingly, fewer and fewer people trust the so-called mainstream media. So few, in fact, that there actually isn't mainstream media anymore. Pretty much all media has become an expression of ideological vitriol, a theatrical dance aimed at capturing a larger market share of the neurologically disposed, a cynical beast birthed and nurtured to line the coffers of the men and women who captain these galactic founts of misinformation. Few trust our public school system anymore. What was once viewed as a virtuous institution and endeavor of the highest good, public education has been summarily devoured by every possible ideological propelled interest group. The vomit that has followed has painted a picture of public education as rife with lazy teachers teaching knucklehead kids. I could go on. From corrupt corporations and their corporate CEOs to the self-serving, self-righteous, and self-aggrandizing leaders of organized labor, from duplicitous, woke, and censorship-informed activists touting the need for correct pronoun adherence to the reactionary and manipulative religious leaders looking to return the nation to the wonderful patriarchies of the 1950s, trust is vanishing into the very ether in which these individuals stoke their fires and solidify their self-concentered narratives. But wait, it gets better. For now, Superimposed over this already bleak landscape, say hello to chat GPT, to deep fake technology, to central bank digital currencies, bid an open-hearted welcome to trust final frontier, a world in which discerning truth from falsehood becomes virtually impossible. What a dumpster fire of a world. What is to be done? Enter Bitcoin. Bitcoin and verification of truth. I have written several papers. I like to call them books because it makes me feel smart, and I have even published them on Amazon about Bitcoin extolling the virtues of this quite extraordinary technology. In all of those pieces, I have asked, nay begged, that we have some imagination when considering our Bitcoin future. I will go even further here. Bitcoin is our only hope in an increasingly trustless world. For within the Bitcoin protocol lies the answer to all the conundrums posed by a trustless world. The ultimate answer is verification of truth. Hear me out. To begin with, when I suggest that we have some imagination, I am actually not asking for all that much. The boxes in which we live, the lenses through which we view reality, have evolved time and time again. It wasn't all that long ago that we believed that the Earth was the center of the universe, that humans would never fly that computers were the providence of NASA. Things have changed, and they have changed quickly. The public internet was born around 30 years ago. Give or take, now look at us. It's almost too hard to imagine what the next 10 years will bring. So why Bitcoin? Why is this relatively straightforward technology, ingenious and elegant, complex and nuanced, but straightforward nonetheless? The answer to the impending doom we all face if we are unable to prime and restart our national and international trust engine. It's simple. 
because Bitcoin is the truth. On a most basic level, the Bitcoin protocol and the tens of thousands of nodes that run the software verifies each and every transaction that takes place on the chain. No one is in control. No one's words need to be taken as fact. The truth is manifest and auditable on the blockchain itself. Countless, entirely objective nodes make falsification of the record an impossibility. Bitcoin is thus an inviolable, immutable, incontrovertible truth. Have some imagination. What if, just what if, the Bitcoin network in time becomes the base layer of this thing we call the internet? What if all data that passes through this network is verified and scoured for falsehood by the soon-to-be billions of verifying nodes, nodes that become native to the devices that we employ for all of our communication and social, virtual interactions? And what if more and more people, in an effort to believe, abandon the cynical and exploitive and fetid digital world that has evolved to date and instead join a network of unassailable truth? You see, the promise of Bitcoin is not that it serves as sound money in an unsound monetary universe. The promise is not that it births a banking system that is devoid of scammy, fraudulent middlemen. No, the promise is far, far more profound. The promise of Bitcoin is that it slowly devours the very beast that gave birth to its need. Trust is a human imperative, a social imperative. Without trust, chaos ensues. In a world in which belief in things must always be questioned, mental health suffers, governments fail, and anarchy rises. Lawlessness and violence become the norm rather than the exception. In a trustless world, isolation and hoarding are seen as virtues rather than maladaptations. In a trustless world, everything falls apart. Institutions crumble, warlords and demagogues emerge, on an ever-rising tide of uncertainty and fear. We are moving towards such a future, towards such a world. Bitcoin is our only hope. In Bitcoin, there exists the possibility that trust can slowly be reestablished, not based upon the words and deeds of men, but instead on a universal digital protocol that sifts through the mire and always, without prejudice, arrives at the truth. We must have the imagination to believe in this possibility, this is what makes Bitcoin a beacon of hope, a ray of light permeating the haze of a creeping fog of surrender. I hodl Bitcoin. Thus, I preach the gospel of Bitcoin because I dare to hope for my great-grandkids in a world community governed by truth, verified by benevolent objectivity, a world in which trust forms the very core of our existence. So, to Serenvasan and Schiff, and all the other catastrophians, I say, perhaps you are right, but the truth remains. The only way out of this existential death spiral is through a rebirth of trust and only Bitcoin, realized to its highest and most majestic potential, can provide this. Just imagine. This is a guest post by Dan Weintraub. Opinions expressed are entirely their own and do not necessarily reflect those of BTC Inc. or Bitcoin magazine. Not a bad article, but some problems with it. Um, I, I do believe, like you said, trust is one of the the big the big pieces of where we're going to have a lot of problems. Uh, a lot of a lot of points, possibly a lot of conflict. And the sooner that we get into a Bitcoin standard, uh, world reserve currency on the Lightning Network, the more uh, transactions we can have with people, not only in our local area on trust, but people around the world. And th th this is what separates crypto and CBDCs from Bitcoin. First and foremost, they will sit there in the government with their duality and say, crypto is terrible, right? Like crypto is one of those things that will collapse the government per Hillary Clinton. Like it's going to take all of our power away. Uh, Janet Yellen, uh, Pocahontas, the, the rest of them. Right. It is like we have to monitor these people. We we have to regulate these people. We have to shut them down. We have to do whatever we can uh, because crypto is terrible, but not our crypto, not our CBDCs. Our CBDCs are going to be amazing. Come on. 
the trust that we have with each other through Bitcoin is one of those things that leaves all those corrupt people out. It, it gets rid of every single one of them. You can't say that for most other crypto and definitely not CBDCs. CBDCs, <clears throat> you're not you're not trusting proof of work. You're trusting what people are saying. You're trusting what they they have used as metrics. God knows they they lie. I mean, if if you need an example, that you know CPI, the jobs ratings, you name it, every statistic that the government uses um, doesn't look like it looked ten years ago. They've they've manipulated it, and that's not how Bitcoin is ever going to be. The base layer Bitcoin is never ever 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 going to change. What they're going to do is they're adding layers. The Lightning Network, which we have seen this week uh, come in handy for a lot of people that understand it and has really bit some people in the ass that didn't understand it, um, has produced some amazing effects for miners and people that understand that, you know, as there are more and more on-chain Bitcoin requests, the amount of hash power that goes into you know, putting these things uh, th through a, a block is going to get rather expensive and you're not going to be using, you know, pictures of fucking drooling apes to to pay your, to, I guess, if you're going to be willing to pay for those kind of things, I think that's going to end. I think it's, it's very, uh, it's very much counter to what the Bitcoin system is. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not saying, you know, we shouldn't have these people. What I'm saying is that this community, by its very nature and its positive incentive structure, is one that absolutely abhors waste naturally. And so, if you're going to make them uh, do these, you know, these silly transactions for you know ordinals, what you're going to get is higher and higher costs for things that really don't offer much value uh, to to anybody or society for that matter. So, um, is Bitcoin? Our only hope. No. And I, I want to be, you know, absolutely crystal clear about this. As long as you got breath in your lungs and, you know, the ground beneath your feet, there's there's hope uh, at the end of the day. I, I don't want it like in this article, I see a lot of, you know, the the catastrophians in the catastrophe porn being talked about by, you know, Dan, which. And then he turns around and says, you know, to the point that, you know, Bitcoin is our only hope. Well, man, if, if Bitcoin's our only hope, if you're saying that Bitcoin is our only hope, then you're proving that the catastrophians are right. And, and, and I didn't understand that point. Um, but I do think that it might be our best hope, our best chance at restoring trust um, in terms of trade and keeping a world economy going. Um, one of the things that, you know, we're going to be up against other than this is the population collapse. And for anybody that doesn't think that there's been a genocide on this planet over the past three years, I, I don't think you're paying attention. I think um, I think the population collapse that is going that is already starting to hit us um, and will will filter in over, you know, the next 10, 20 years. I think that's going to be a very hard thing to correct. and if we can, you know, get times moving again where people can have one person stay at home, you know, that traditional family uh, or generational family, as we do in this household, you know, that is where you start to see Bitcoin really, really shine. Because if your money is increasing in value over time and it is of, you know, the Austrian idea where you have capital that is that the work has already been done. Uh, the innovation has already been done. There is value that is stored that is ready uh, for somebody to rent and repay versus this living on, you know, borrowed, uh, borrowed capital from a generation that doesn't even exist yet. If you, if that's, if that's how you understand Bitcoin, that it, it's going to be more valuable, more valuable over time, not only the perfect store of your time and energy, but to, to, to encapsulate it to where it's going to provide for you longer because of your donations of time and effort into society, that frees us up. It frees us to a better understanding and a better way of life that that is very much conducive to family. 
Um, and I don't think I've said that enough is, you know, Bitcoin gives us the ability to have, you know, like one bread earner, one, one bread earner. And at the same time, uh, possibly understanding retirement through your own savings and not having to worry about money markets and the ups and downs and this, this, you know, the speculation and the crashes and the boom bust cycle, like all that stuff starts to really go away. And I think at the end of the day, that's what I'm probably most excited about. Um, I think, I think the government, I think the banking cabal, and I think the media and their sponsors and everybody who's involved in this, this very evil empire out here. I think that they have all earned the, the correct IRE. I do. Um, I think Bitcoin is our best hope and without being a, you know, catastrophe and I guess or whatever, you know, engaging in uh catastrophe porn, I think there are some very big changes coming and um, maybe, maybe next time I'll, I'll take a dive into that because we're getting up into an hour. But when, when we look at how, how this thing shakes out, if we default, which I think we're going to, and they launch a CBDC, there will be a time and a, and a period where you have a CBDC, which I think is largely going to be rejected, uh, may cause some civil unrest, possibly war. Um, and when that happens, you're, you're going to have the change. You're going to have people really looking. And I think we already have people looking a lot. Uh, so much so that I've obviously... Um, staked staked is not the right word i've started um my own business if you want to understand this further um i am running a new business you can go to radicalpod.com and it is under the um uh the, the the link or the heading bitcoin maximalist if you want to learn bitcoin and you need somebody to teach you and you have a lot of other things already taken care of and you're looking to preserve your wealth it's possibly in 401ks or any other place um, let me know if you're a business that's looking to start taking Bitcoin and we need more and more and more of you out there, I swear to God, you know, we'll come and <laughs> we'll spend our Bitcoin with you. Um, you can contact me at Shane at ShaneHazel.com. Uh, you can do it through Shane at RadicalPod.com and, uh, you can check out the site or sign up through the site at, uh, radicalpod.com under the Bitcoin maximalist tab. And man, I'll tell you what, thank you guys, uh, everybody who has reached out. Um, we have started, you know, creating new customers. And I think it's, I think it is a beautiful thing to be able to help people in this way, um, in a, in a very uh, unsure time. So thank you guys for all doing that. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Radical Pod as well. Um, the lightning addresses, I am working on these things, man. It is, um, it, you know, going and researching the different companies to see which one that fits best uh, is, is really what I what I am in the process of doing. So I think I've almost selected. I uh, got a couple more to interview. And I think we're actually going to have some on here because I think it's important. If you're starting a business or have a business and you want to start accepting Bitcoin and don't have the damn foggiest idea of how to start um, and how to take care of all the the legal crap on the back end, that's what we're here for. So I'm going to be getting into more of that as well. So you can support it uh, through Cash App now. The cash tag is Shane Hazel. Uh, it's super simple. And like I said, I'll get the, the lightning addresses up there for you guys as well on the website very soon. Until then, though, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for all tuning in. I know this is heavy. I know it's a lot. I know I swear. That's why I don't like talking about politicians and, and politics so much as I want to get down to the root level. And I wish more and more people, especially with big platforms, would join us down here. So um, if you know those people and you want to make this happen and you want to put pressure on people for this to become the message that prevails, uh, let me know. Anyway, until next time, ladies and gents, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take this stuff.